I told Josh that he shouldn't have uh, given it away so quickly that I was preaching. I like to surprise you guys so you don't sneak away in the back. Um, Jeff's not here this morning, so I'll be doing the, the lesson. But before that, we're going to do the drawing for our Mother's Day um, giveaway, gift card giveaway. So hopefully you guys all put in the name of um, a mother here, someone that's meant a lot to you. And if I draw your name, please head back to the Let's Connect area after the sermon to grab the gift card. So first one, Amber. I'm assuming Amber Derringer. Amber? Is there an Amber here? One, okay, that must be the Amber. Congratulations. Sorry, I only know so many Ambers. I'm sorry, I should, I should don't know. All right, and the other one, Melissa Alvey. Melissa, congratulations. Happy Mother's Day. So, uh, we, you, after the service, can go back there. Josh is over there. Do they go now? After the service, right? Wait till the sermon's over. Okay. Great. All right. So, yeah, we're continuing today our not picture perfect series. And today, the topic that landed on was going to be leading the young. Um, so, we're going to read our scripture today. I'm going to have Ryan, one of our youth students, come up and he's going to read our scripture. If you have your Bible, we're in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. He'll be reading from verses 1 through 9. Go ahead. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after, after you, after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, with, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down. And when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Thank you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. And uh, we do thank you for all the, uh, the mothers here and all the people that have poured into our lives that uh, took that role of mothers. And this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us and, and speak to us. Lord, speak through me, that your spirit would guide us to learn more what it means to be a parent and a mentor and, and to do this with, with uh, such tenacity, with, with passion, Lord. There's so many people that need our help right now. Uh, I thank you for this church and uh, the opportunity to be here together this morning. We love you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, we're continuing our Not Picture Perfect series. And uh, because it was Mother Day, we, Mother's Day, we decided to pick a lesson that would focus on parenting. Uh, so if, but if you expected a sermon that I would just tell all young people to respect their elders, 
They respect their mothers. Uh, this won't be the sermon today, so I'm sorry we're taking a different direction. But here are a few verses that do share that, if any of you moms are curious. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Proverbs 1, 8, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Colossians 3, 20, children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. That will be the extent of this message telling children to obey their parents. Um, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so now, also excuse my allergies, Indiana, am I right? Man. It gets worse every year. Uh, so I'm going to be sniffling a lot today. I know what you're thinking because I'm doing a lesson on parenting. Uh, finally, a young guy with a five-month-old baby to tell me how to raise my kids right. Um, it is funny that they chose me to do the lesson today, but I want you to know that I'm not using this morning as a soapbox for me to tell you how I think you should parent, but rather we're going to look at what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about parenting and mentoring? Parenting and mentoring. In Deuteronomy, the passage we just read, the Hebrew is emphatic to one command. So it says there's uh, commands to follow, but the way the Hebrew reads, it's basically saying do this one thing. Do this one thing right. If you do this one thing right, your children, their children, and you yourselves will enjoy a long life. That's in Deuteronomy 6 verse 2. So that you may enjoy a long life. Raise your hand if you would like to enjoy a long life. There's a difference from living a long life and enjoying a long life. Do these things, do this one thing, and you will enjoy a long life. These decrees back then were given to the people of Israel, but I do believe that the heart of God is the same to them as it is to us now. So while he's speaking to the people of Israel, this is the, the word of God and his truth is still for us today. That command is found in verses 5 through 9. I'm going to read those verses again. Verse 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and you, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The emphatic one command, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. We're going to talk about those things later. Why do we need to hear this message today? Because there's a great need for men and women to step up and to lead our younger generation. There's a lack of reverence to God right now. There's people that are hurting. They need God. They have no one to lead them. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for people between 15 and 24 years old. 64% of young adults between ages 18 and 29, they drop out of attending church and claiming faith in Jesus. 64%. Two-thirds of teens drop out of their faith. Now, many do come back, but sadly it's after years of walking away from God, of making poor decisions, of being alone in life, and realizing then, I need God. But why let them get away with all these years and, and, and be without help. Why not reach them now, wherever they're at? Now, while we are called to show love and appreciation to everyone around us, today's focus will be specially on those younger than us. At any stage in life you're at right now, whatever age you're at, look to someone younger than you 
to, to serve, to lead, to guide, to mentor. So what does this all mean? We need to take responsibility and lead those younger than us. After all, what is the point of learning tough lessons in life if you're not going to share the wisdom with your children and those younger than you? All those experiences you went through, all those things that you learned the hard way, why should we have the attitude of say, well, I figured it out the hard way, why wouldn't you? Shouldn't out of love we, tr- we try to take those under us, younger than us, under our wing and help them along? That is why I am passionate about youth ministry. Not because I love to do all these silly things or be about all the things that they're about. It actually exhausts me to keep up with the trends and the things that youth are doing. We had a cookout for fifth and sixth graders. My goodness. I, I don't know. No, those are different. That's a different breed. But I do it because I care for them, because I know that they need someone older than them to, to be there for them, to teach them the Bible, to walk them through life, to hear them out. To me, youth ministry became more about being the person I wish I had when I was a youth. And me working at a church now is because I want to be the person I wish I had when I was a young adult. So many questions, so many things I needed help with. Even today, I have so many things I need help with, and there's so many great men and women here that are helping me and Brittany out with that. That is why I'm passionate about about youth ministry, just ministry, period. But this call should be for all of us, not just those that work at a church. So specifically, how does this apply to you? Well, I'm aware that for me to stand here and suggest that you are all supposed to lead to some capacity may seem intimidating, but I want to show you how simple it can be and how extremely needed it is. If you have children, regardless of your age, we're going to explore the ways the Lord calls you to minister to your family. You're never too young or too old to consider sharpening your parenting or mentoring skills or just changing your habits altogether to be a better parent. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you do not have kids yet, pay close attention because this will apply to you someday. And this is all good to know. To those that do not have children currently or may not be able to have children, know that there is still a wonderful calling to be a mentor or to take the role of an older sibling to those that are younger than you. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 says, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So we have to have an attitude that says, anything that you have learned, seen, heard, received from me, do these things, and God will be with you. Our life has to be lived in a way that we can just bring someone alongside us, and if they do what we do, they're coming close to God. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully, as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. So here's another call for us that are older than someone else to treat them like they're our younger sibling. To take them under a wing, to, 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 to love on them, walk with them in life, talk to them. We're going to talk about that um, more. So this morning, I want to talk about how we practically and biblically lead the young. 
We're going to talk about four ways, four things we can do to be better parents and leaders and mentors to our children, to those around us. These things all pertain to parenting and mentoring, but the, the first portion is going to be more towards parenting and, or towards mentoring, and the second part is going to be more towards parenting. Uh, and while this, there are many, many things we can focus on, um, but today we're only going to cover these four. So the first thing, our first focus point to lead the young, we must understand the call that God has given us. Understand that loving and serving God and others must be at your core as a parent and a follower of Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Not a part of it, not some of it, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Every day we need to wake up and say, How can I today spur someone, my fellow brother and sister in Christ, to love and to good works? When we got our house, uh, it's been two years now when we got the house here, um, I was talking to Mark uh, Kopshaw about trees, and he was, he was asking me about cutting trees, branches, you know, stuff like that, and you could tell right away that I knew nothing about trees, about chainsaws, about, any, you know, we're from the desert, we don't use chainsaws, um, we don't have trees. So what did he do? He found a chainsaw for me to own, and he taught me how to use it. Why would he do that? I didn't ask him to. I didn't pay him to. Only the Spirit of God would cause someone to serve and love and give when there's nothing in return. He's not a preacher. He's not a deacon. But it doesn't mean that he's not going to do these things. He doesn't need a title to serve a younger brother and to teach him how to use a chainsaw. And you don't either. He understands the call to love and to serve those around him, especially those younger than him, especially those that know nothing about anything in Indiana. It's a different world. If you're not at a place where you give and serve generously, and you realize that this morning, ask the Lord this week to show you how. A prayer that I want, uh, that you can all pray this week, Lord, please help me find ways to love and serve and give to those around me that are in need. But just a warning, if you, ask, if you pray this prayer, God will do it. If you ask for an opportunity to love and serve and give, he will give you that opportunity and you better do it. Pray this prayer this week if you're challenged to do something with the knowledge that God has given you and to serve others. The second focus point for this morning, to lead the young, we must be available. You must be available. This one's specially for those who are willing but are saying, I don't know how I can serve someone. I don't know what exactly I can do. Because, yes, it's not recommended that you walk up to someone younger at church this morning and say, you, come with me. I will show you how to live life. Jesus did it that way, and it worked for him, but it, I know that it's not the best tactic. So what can we do instead? When someone asks for help, be available. Be willing and ready to serve. This week I was having a really difficult time creating a plan for our meal fundraiser 
for Mexico that's next um, Sunday. So I asked Melissa Kelly for help, if she could just help me uh, with, with the ingredients list. What do I have to buy? She's cooked that meal before. And on the phone call, she said, you know, I've cooked this like a hundred times on our Wednesday night meals. I'll take care of it. And I said, like, you'll buy the food. Thank you. She said, no, like, I'll take care of all of it. We'll find the volunteers and cook and, and prep and we'll take care of the serving and, and everything. Why would she do that? I could not believe that, actually. She thought I was upset at that fact. And she said, I don't have to. I'm like, no, 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 please. I'm just shocked that you would. Because to buy the food, cook, have a cooking team, set everything ready the day of, it's going to be a lot of people. I mean, because you're all going, right, to the taco plate fundraiser next week for Mexico. Just a quick plug. After both services, so you can take it to go or eat it here. It's up to you. So there's obviously going to be a lot of food here next week. And I said, why would, and why would you do that? She could have just said very easily, you know, Gabe, you really should have planned this before you promoted it, two weeks before the event. Word, yep, I could have. But instead, she said, I see the need, I'll help you. I'll take care of this. She's a mom at heart, and she has the Spirit of God in her. She's not about getting something in return because she's getting nothing in return besides tacos, apparently. Hebrews 13, 16. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have. What do you have? What do you know? What skill do you have? What thing, you know, her thing, it was so simple, right? She knows how to cook a taco plate meal. Simple. But man, that meant a lot for me. And it's going to mean a lot for our students. And it's going to mean a lot for those people in Mexico we're building a house for. Because someone said, I know how to do this. I can help you. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Uh, Dave Anderson has been mowing our lawn here for the last 25 years. Here across the street. The, the big field across the street. He's been more faithful to this lawn than most fathers have been to their kids and it's a joke but it's not really you know last week he worked all day on his own lawn which if you know it's a pretty big lawn it's really nice and and he spent hours working on it and he had the spray rig and he sprayed his lawn and I happened to stop by this house and I told him oh I'm also spraying today but I have this little tank and I'm just going to be pumping and spraying my whole field and he's like no no well let me take my my mower and my rig and my trailer and my truck and I'll go and I'll help you do this after he spent all day working on his own lawn, he already had his, his rig sprayed, it was drying, it was, he was done for the year with this, and he said, let me, let me do this again today, I'll help you. Um, maybe he's crazy being in the sun too much, but I also think he's just a kind, serving man, and he has the Spirit of God in him. His wife also, very last minute, I, I needed help, someone to watch Gideon so I could run errands in town, she said, sure, why not? She said, I have time. I can watch Gideon. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says, Let each of you not only look to your own interests, but also the interest of others. Don't only think, what can I get from this? Actually, don't think that at all. Say, how can I help others? How, what, do things, what do other people need, and how can I help them? 
You may say, well, Gabe, you're awfully needy to those around you. True. That is true. But is that not the point, though? Is that not the whole point of the church? That we lean on each other? Shouldn't young people know that they can ask their elders for help? And shouldn't our elders want to help? Young people shouldn't think that they're burdens to us if they ask for help. And we must not make them think that they're burdening us when they're asking for advice or help in any type of way. God designed our church to operate a certain way that we would all be one body, we're all together, we're all there for each other. Sometimes it will feel much more one-sided. Sometimes you may feel like you're the one doing everything for everyone else and you're not getting much in return. Sometimes it may be like that. But again, you're not looking for your own interests only, you're looking for the interests of others. This week I spoke with Jim, he's one of our elders. I mean, he came over to talk because I shared with him that I was going through a few things, spiritual warfare, my heart was heavy about certain things. And, and he just heard me and I talked and I said, I, I, I just think that I could use a little more talking to and, and meet with someone. And he shared with me, I've been there in that place, a dark place where you feel like your heart is heavy. He didn't give me a specific answer, but you know what he said is, let's get together. We agreed that after a conversation, we would get together more often, we would talk, we would get coffee, maybe play golf. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I didn't need a specific answer. When, actually, many times when I talk to someone, I don't need a specific answer. I just want someone to hear me out. And it felt good to know, talking to Jim, that he would make time to hear me out, and he wasn't going to tell me how to get out of the problem, but he just said, let's talk this out. Those around us need to be, those around us need to know that we're willing to listen. You need to be an example, but not just that, we need to guide them too. We need to be humble enough to say, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm trying to follow God. And if you follow me, I can help you get closer to God. And that's what this verse says. Follow my examples, I follow the example of Christ. I'm not perfect, but I am going to follow God to the best of my ability. And what I'm willing to say to those younger than me, to the youth, to our youth, I say, if you follow me, if you walk with me through life, as I walk to God, we'll get closer. Maybe not as fast as with others, but we'll get there, we'll get closer. I would try my best to know God, and if you do what I do and you walk with me, we're going to get closer together. That is all that we're supposed to do. God doesn't want perfection. He doesn't want you to know all the Bible verses. He doesn't want you to do book studies and to do a lot of things that just may overwhelm you. He just wants you to be faithful, to be honest and humble, and say, I am figuring this out as well. Let's figure it out together. So you see the impact that the availability of others has had on me. What can you do if you made yourself available to others? The next focus point on ways to lead the young is that we must make sacrifices. Danielle, I loved what you said. I don't know if you're here, Danielle. I love what you said about how it seemed that your mom sacrificed her dreams to have you, but, but it wasn't a sacrifice, right? Because... 
she wanted, she wanted you, she wanted her children. I thought that was such a beautiful thing. Our availability to others may require some sacrifice. And automatically say, it's easy for many of you, many of us here, to hear the thing I'm saying. And automatically say, I just don't have that much time. Friends, we have to make time. Who else is going to do this? I believe most of the time someone says, I don't have time. A more proper rendition of that is, I would rather be doing something else. I get it. You got to work on your lawn, and I'm the camper. Then it's March Madness. Then it's hunting season. Then you got to run errands. And then there's always something, right? There's a million things you could be doing with your time. But the question is, what should you be doing with your time? What is God calling you to do with your children and with those around you? And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But we are talking about how to be a better mentor or parent. And we have to talk about these things. How frivolous would it be of us if the reason we are not willing to help others in need is because of reasons like this. Because I want more time for myself. Because it makes me uncomfortable. Because I've never done it before. So I'm just not going to help anyone. I hope to this morning comes as a challenge. I really do. Our goal at this church is not to just tell you the things we think you want to hear, but to tell you the things you need to hear. And there is a great need for the younger generation to have people step up and lead them. And this is a conversation we have to have. John 15, 13 says, Great love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. There is no greater love than to lay your life down for your friend, for someone you love. Notice the intensity in which Jesus calls us to live for those around us. Lay your life down. How are you laying your life down for others? A prayer for this week, if you're not sure how, is, Lord, please show me how I can lay my life down for those around me. But again, if you ask this prayer, he will do it. He will show you. Many of you uh, <clears throat> probably have heard my story by now of my family and how we ended up here. Um, my family em- immigrated to the U.S. when I was a kid um, in search of a better life. And we were here legally for many years. Besides Jesus, my mom has always been the greatest example to me of someone who has given up much, who has sacrificed much. She left her friends, her career, her home country to go somewhere foreign for the sake of her kids, somewhere where she didn't speak the language or had a job lined up or even the opportunity to have a job because she wasn't a resident, just for my brothers and I to have a chance at a happy life. She spent years working on jobs because she wasn't a resident here. She couldn't get a job, uh, but she refused to quit. And over the years, throughout my childhood, she would wake up really early and go to sleep really late, doing things like selling flowers for Mother's Day. It wouldn't be weird for many years of my life, starting Wednesday, to be at a storefront selling homemade flower bouquets and decorations and stuff like that for years. That was one of the things she would do. Um, She would make cakes and sell them door to door. She would make burritos early morning and go to job sites and deliver them. She'd make tamales, obviously. If we had documentation, we probably would be like this national industry right now. Her tamales are so good. Um, You don't believe me, but man, we would be at Kroger right now. I'm just saying. Home decor, 
She would sell home decor. She would sell candles. She would sell makeup. Whatever she could do to raise my family here, she would do. She had a goal. My kids are going to grow up here. They're going to make it. I don't care how much I have to sacrifice. Well, years went by, and she met Jesus. She put her trust in him. She knew that the good Lord was going to be good to us. So she kept working and pushing after more years. Notice how patient she is. After more years, she, she, she got there because she wanted a better life for us. My mom sacrificed so much for us to be here, and I'm here. It's crazy for me to think where I am today because of the sacrifice she did, she, ha- she made. Um, the things she gave up and the things she had to do but it was like Danielle said, her joy was that her kids would be able to, to enjoy a, a healthy, happy, holy life. And I'm forever grateful for her. The sacrifice that she made, that was so big. And even when things got hard, and things got really hard in her life. She gave up for me as a son. How much do you think I appreciate my mom? How much do I love her for what she did for me? And when I think of her and her sacrifice, who do I think of as well? It's Jesus. How much did he give up? Think of his sacrifice and his love for me. And my mom loves me a lot. I know because she tells me every day. Texts me every day. And she wants pictures of Gideon every day. (laughs) She loves me so much, I have no doubt. But to think that God loves me more I actually can't think. I really can't understand that. To think that she gave up her life here, but Jesus literally gave his life for you and for me. Knowing that we would still walk away and reject him and do our thing and be selfish, but God still did. How much more should I then live knowing that God did this for me? knowing what he gave up for me, should I not want to live my life to honor God, to love God, and to do what he's called me to do? So let me ask you, what are you sacrificing to better the lives of your loved ones, of your kids or those around you that need someone? It's sad, and it's something we've got to talk about, though, because there's parents that neglect their kids or parents that choose other things over their their children, or their family. It's rough. Um, Luckily, I have a great mother. And this day is a little, it's easier for me. I told Jeff he doesn't want me preaching Father's Day. That's a different story. To lead the young, we must, the last thing is influence deeply. You must influence deeply. This one is more practical and geared towards parenting. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 through 9, I'll read that again. It says, these commands I give to you. So one command, one emphatic command. Impress these things on your children. Impress. Like, make a mark. Show them how important this is. Talk about these things when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. People used to walk back then. I guess you can translate this to when you're in your car somewhere. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your, on your door frames and on your gates. So what does it look like to impress 
the ways of God to your children? What does it look like to impress the command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength? Some of you made the decision last, last week to, to dedicate your children to God. We had this, the ceremony here, and it was awesome. And many of, you, many of you parents made a vow to raise your kids right. That is one way that you can start by impressing your children in the ways of the Lord. To some of you, showing them the ways of God is to get them to pray, to go to church, to read the Bible. All those things are good things. But this must also come from within you. Your life must be shaped by the gospel of Jesus, that your kids know where you stand, where your faith is, and they can follow your example. We talk about discipleship often in the church, but you must know that your kids and your spouse are your main ministry. Those, your children, your family, they are your disciples. They see you every day. You lead them in the ways of God. It's not me, it's not Julia. It's not Jeff, not Josh, not any of our deacons or elders. We're here for you, but that's not our job. It is your job to raise your children and your family in the ways of God. How do you do this? Verse 7 says that you talk with them when you sit at home, when you walk, when you lie down, when you get up. It just means be intentional with your children. A few quick things. What do you talk about when you're at home? Do you talk when you're at home? I don't mean to be judgmental in any way, but it's definitely going to sound that way. Do we just play TV when you're at home, or do you talk to your kids? Do you talk about their day? Do you let them say, it was good, and that's it? Or do you pry a little more? Because maybe their day was not good, but they just don't want to talk about it. When you're driving somewhere, do you play music? Do you just let them be on their phone? Or do you try to talk about their day? Simple question. How was your day? What was one good thing that happened today? What was one bad thing that happened today? Do we do these things? When they go to bed, do you read the Bible together? Now, when they're young, it's kind of easier. They can't get anywhere. So do you read the Bible with them? When they get older, do you still want them to read the Bible? Do you still encourage them? As a parent, are you making sure that your own children are reading the Word of God? And in the morning when you rise, do you pray for them? Do you show them? that it's important to pray. I have a friend of mine who's really good prayer warriors, what they call them, people who pray all the time and pray really well. And I've asked him, like, what made you get into prayer so much that you're so passionate about it? And he said, every morning, before I would wake up, my mom would be praying. And my mom would go outside, and she would kneel in a certain spot, and she would kneel on a stone. Now, this is a different tradition and it's, it, and it's a little different, but just but check this out. She would kneel on a stone, and she would do it every day for, for many years. So much so that the stone had the shape of her knees carved into it over the, the many years that she would pray every morning on that stone. And he thought, first of all, that was crazy. I'm not going to do that. I can pray sitting down. That's fine. But the fact that my mom would pray for me every morning on her knees on a stone outside, well, that made me want to pray too. How are our kids going to want to pray if we're not praying ourselves? Show your kids that you care and be willing to pray. If you don't have these practices in your household, it's never too late to start or to adjust them. Will it be weird? Will it be different? Yes, but everything is when it's new. But it doesn't mean that it's bad and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. 
All these things are necessary to be able to show your kids the way of God through the study of his word and prayer and talking about him. My goal this morning was to share what the scriptures have to say about a role in the lives of those around us and our children and express the urgency we must have to reach and minister whoever we can. As a church, uh, we want to help you thrive in this area because I know I talked about a lot of things and there's no way that this super long message I just realized we're running really late. Um, there's no way that we can talk about all these things in depth. So I want to invite you all to look at the resources that we are creating as a church to help you go deeper. We have a podcast, which we're putting out resources for parents. It's called The Podcast on the Mount, like the Sermon on the Mount, but the... All right. Better Together is resources for parents. Let's Talk is conversations on hard topics and other things coming that we want to have deeper conversations on the things we, I just talked about today. Over the next few months, on our Better Together podcast, we're going to talk about reading the Bible with your kids, talking about God at home, how to discuss hard topics. With Jeff at Let's Talk, we're going to talk about abortion. We're going to talk about the things going on today that we need to talk about today. All these are just to help you be better leaders, mentors, and parents. In closing, our goal at Mount Pleasant Church is to help you know Jesus more, to give you a hand in whatever season of life you're in, because we're here for you as a church. We want to help you be a better parent or mentor. The only reason we are here is because of our Heavenly Father, whose sacrifice gave us life, and He gave us a new purpose. He gave me, so I'm speaking out of my experience, God gave me a new life, and a new purpose. He gave me hope. And because of that, I'm here saying this to you today, and I just hope that you find that same passion, that you understand the calling, the love that God has for you. I can't make that happen for you. I'm not that good of a preacher. Understand the calling God has for you, and when you do, your life is going to change. When you really understand the gospel and how much he loves you, your leading and parenting is going to change. Today may be a rough day for you, as a parent, as a mentor, as just a person, aside from Mother's Day, today may just be a hard day. But as a church, we want to be here for you. We want to pray for you. In a moment, I'm going to pray and the band can come up. But we will be up here willing to pray for you for anything you need to pray for. That's what we're here for. Some of you may feel guilt from falling short and feeling like you're not serving God the way you should. Maybe you just feel guilt because you feel so far away from God, not even walking in his ways at all, and you want to change. Let us pray for you this morning. Some of you may have resentment and anger towards someone, and you can't let it go. Let us pray for you this morning. Some of you may not know where to even begin to move forward. Let us pray for you this morning. All of it. Anything you need to talk about, we will be here and we will pray for you. But step up and pray. Don't hold this to yourself. Don't say, next week I'll come up and pray. Do it today. And everyone else, as you stand, as we worship, pray that God would move in your life, that God would show you how to reach those around you, that he would challenge you this week, specifically showing you who to minister to and how to do it. So as I pray, Ben, you can come up, and, um, and we will be up here for prayer. So pray with me. God, we thank you so much because the only reason we're here, the only reason I'm here is because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for everyone in this room, first of all, for those that are hurting, that need 
your comfort, that need your spirit of peace. You promise us, Lord, that if we walk with you, if we come close to you, you come close to us. And right now, we're coming close to you, Lord. We're drawing near to you. Help us, Lord, find your peace. Give us your Holy Spirit. For those here, Lord, that, that are challenged, that want to take their faith to the next level, that want to minister to those around them, would you please show them how they can? Give them your vision, your passion, your compassion to, to, to see the need, the sense of urgency to reach those around them, to be a better parent, to be the parent they wish they had, to be the mentor they wish they had, Lord, so many of us just desperately need someone to lean on. So many of us here. And the answer is also in this room, Lord. We are your church and you've called us all. You've designed us to be in a way that we help each other. Would you help us, Lord, see what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it? I thank you, God, for being so good to us. I thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. I thank you for the promise of hope in life. And I pray for those that need it this morning, that they would come up, Lord, and that they would receive our prayers and that they would begin to walk with you. Thank you, God, for being so good. We love you, and we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.